All right, we've been looking at it Wednesday nights, 2 Timothy 2, the Bible, the Holy Bible. We saw the magnificence of the Bible, the importance of the Bible. Uh, we saw, where did we last week? Where did we get our Bible from? And we know it wasn't from man, it was from what we call divine inspiration, the Holy Spirit. God moved holy men of God to write the Bible, and we believe that, and we stay on that truth. We do not deviate from that. So many today are losing faith in the Word of God, and they're going away from the Word of God, and going after man's, really man's religion, they call it. They're doing it God, uh, man's way instead of God's way. We believe the Bible was given to us by God, and we know that. Okay, now, we're going to move a little bit ahead here on how to study the Bible. And uh, I want you to see some things with me I think will be really important. But let's go with 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Again, a familiar uh, portion of Scripture, I hope. But he says, Notice, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so we're going to look at that tonight, what it means to truly study the Bible. Okay, now, notice your notes there. We're to study the word of God. We know that. Notice the word translated study here means to exert oneself, endeavor, or give diligence to whatever you're doing. We do this to show ourselves approved unto God. Now, approved comes from the Greek word uh, dokimus. Now, it is the opposite of what Paul expressed in his fear of being a castaway, which is adokimus. Now, notice 1 Corinthians 9.27. He says, I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others... I myself should be, there's that word, a docimus, uh, a castaway. That means disapproved for service. So this word approved is the opposite. This Greek word meaning approved by God or of God. Okay, so that's why we study it. We need to be careful. Again, we're pleasing God, not man. Okay, the second paragraph under that. Notice for us to present ourselves as approved workmen unto God rather than disapproved. We must diligently apply ourselves to the task of rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Clarification here, rightly dividing means to cut straight, to proceed on straight paths or hold a straight course. This is equivalent to doing right, to make straight and smooth, to handle right, to teach truth directly and correctly. Now, some people take that and say, well, to divide it, as he says, uh, means to split it up. That's not what he's saying, right? He's, he's saying cut straight. You're studying the word straight. You're keeping it in line. You're not deviating it uh, deviate from it. Okay. Now, to rightly divide the word of truth, we must correctly interpret the scriptures. This, uh, that means we must understand in our own minds what God is saying. How does to be applied to our lives when He uh, be able to explain it in an understandable terms to others? To do this, we must continually study the Bible. Okay. So one, notice, give attention to reading. First uh, Timothy four thirteen. He says, "Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine." The primary method to apply to studying the Bible is basically just reading it. You must be acquainted with what it says from Genesis to Revelation. That's a no-brainer, but sometimes if you're like me, I fail just to read it, right? Oh, I study it. I've caught myself doing this so many times, but study it, study it, study it, but I don't actually just sit down and read it. I've got to know what it says, right? Uh, and if I'm not careful, I can cut and paste certain portions of Scripture without actually reading it. Okay, so... Read it, letter A, under that, as you would any other book that you're interested in learning, what you're learning about, okay? Now, pay attention to what you do understand. But secondly, I have, be careful not to get stumped on things you don't understand. Now, if you've been reading through your Bible 
on your Bible schedule, you know this is true, right? Because you get stumped or stuck on... Kids, do you ever do that when you're reading your Bible? Yeah, you get stuck on something and you go, I have no idea what that means. I have no clue. Well, trust me, us over here do the same thing. We go, what in the world? So don't get stuck on it. Don't get stumped on it. Letter B, though, allow the exhortation, the preaching, to aid you in understanding what you've read. Okay, now, a very interesting verse, Nehemiah 8 and verse 8. It says, so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Well, what was it? He stood up and read the word, but then he explained it, didn't he? It distinctly. Do you understand what it means? No, I don't understand. And then some said, yeah, they would. So, continuing, uh, allow it to. I have another one, 1 Corinthians one twenty-one. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, Notice it please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching is important. Now it's not listening to some guy get up again and, and hoot and holler and scream and yell and, and all spit and snort and all that. There's times for that kind of, I guess, preaching. You know that. But the preaching is the teaching. One of the really qualifications, if not requirements, of a pastor, if you read through it before, is that it says apt to teach. Uh, right? We get our word aptitude from that. It means the ability to teach. But also there's a desire to teach, and he should be able to. Okay, so we should allow some of those things to help us. Let her see then. Pay attention to the doctrine, the teaching of what you're reading. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.16. This is what we read uh, last week. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Doctrine's what's right. Uh, reproofs what's wrong, correction uh, for correction, instruction in righteousness, how to keep it right, or how to keep going and doing what's right. That's all contained in the Bible. Uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, I'll let you read that. Notice number two, though, concentrate on the meaning of individual words. We must be careful about this. Psalm 138, verse 2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Very interesting, isn't it? We concentrate on individual words. Now, notice the Lord placed great emphasis on the words of Scripture. Not just the Word in general. When we refer to the Word, we refer to the Bible, the Word of God, right? In general, the whole teaching. But He also emphasized the words. We must be very careful. How many of you have you gotten in trouble before because you didn't listen to the words? <laughs> right? Those of you that are married, okay, we know that. Uh, the words, you got to pay attention to that. And we must be careful. But the words, notice, uh, he great put uh, great emphasis on the words. One, under that, we are to live by every word he has spoken. Now, this comes all the way back, again, to the inspiration and preservation of the Bible. God did not just preserve or inspire the thought in general. He preserved every word. Every single word. Okay, now... Matthew 4.4, 4, notice what he says, and it is written. Remember, this is Jesus speaking to Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 24.35, heaven and earth shall pass away. My words, there it is, plural, shall not pass away. So when you study the Bible, again, you know this, I'm, I'm sure, but study the words, right? Uh, think about it. He says, again, it is written, man, okay, Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. <laughs> He's not talking to some celestial being. He's talking to us. He shall not live. I, I want to know how to live. I want to know what to do by bread alone. Well, what's the natural tendency of humanity or of me as a human being? To live by bread alone, right? 
to live every day. I got to provide, get bread. I got to get cash. I got to make money. I got to provide food for the kids. Make sure everything. He says, be careful about that. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So has God spoken the words? Absolutely. We know we have them. Okay, number two then, he will judge us. And this is very important. He'll judge us by his words. Mark 8, 38, whosoever. Therefore shall be ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in his glory, uh, in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. That's kind of a scary thought. The Lord can be embarrassed of us or ashamed of us, just like a disobedient child. You don't stop loving them, but you can be ashamed of them and embarrassed, right, by their actions, by their words. John 12, 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, there it is, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I've spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Now again, turn the page, but you remember what the Lord says in Revelation, that out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword, and he judges us according to the word. Therefore, we better figure out what the Bible says. We need to know what the Bible says. And we have ample time to study the Bible. Okay, thirdly, keeping his words assures fellowship and answered prayer. John 14, 23, if a man love me, well, what will he do? He'll keep my words, not my word, my words, and my Father will love him. We will come unto him and make our abode with him. John 15, 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. When? If his words abide in us. We know his words. We're obeying. When he says the words abide in us, right? Oh, thank you. The words abide in us. It means we're keeping the word. Not necessarily memorizing it. We're keep it. We're living it out. That's what he means. We're living it. Okay? Under that, notice, give the words their normal meaning. Okay? We need to clarify this. Allow the words to mean what they say and to say what they mean in our normal understanding of words unless it is clearly indicated by the passage they are not to be taken in a strict literal sense. Now again, the Bible is very unique. When it is speaking in a figurative way, it will usually let you know that. If it's speaking in a literal way, you kind of using common sense know that. And God's given us a brain to use, right? And some people just say, oh, I don't get it. It's some spiritual meaning behind this. No, just read it as it is. God's given us that normal, literal interpretation is what we use in this church. We don't spiritualize or what's called sensationalize meanings or words. And it's very easy to do that. There's a fellow that stood up in, uh, years ago. He stood up on TV, and uh, he came out, and he was a very, very well-known person, but he began to quote Scripture, and he misquoted it, he twisted it, and said what? You need to give me your money. <laughs> if you want to be blessed, you better give me your money. And he says, when you give me your money, I'm going to mail you a small piece of my prayer cloth. You remember this guy? He had a, he's supposed to have a prayer cloth, basically a washcloth, and he'd use it to wipe his brow. He said, I'm going to tear a piece off and mail it to you, and you will be blessed when you open up and have a piece of my prayer cloth. The guy's a scam artist, okay? And by the way, he was exposed later on, wasn't he? If you know the story. Exposed as being a fraud. He's living in a $3 million mansion on the hill, and people are poor people in other countries are giving of all their money. No, we've got to be careful. What is it? He tried to spiritualize or sensationalize the Word of God when he didn't need to do that. Okay, under that, notice one, beware of looking for hidden meanings behind every word. Deuteronomy 29, 29. That's easy to remember. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. What's he saying? What you need, God gave to you. 
Well, what if God wanted us to? He would have told us, right? What if God wanted to reveal to us? He would have told us. Whatever he wants us to have, he's given to us. Why? Because he's a just God. He's not going to hide things from us. That's what he's saying. Two, be very careful not to change the meaning of the words to fit our beliefs. We must be very careful. Psalm 12, 6, we read this last week. The words of the Lord are pure words, silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. What was happening? This was Solomon writing. You remember, the wisest man to ever live. What were people doing? They were adding to the words. The Bible says this, but let me add to that. When you do that, God will reprove you. He's going to correct you. He'll correct us. And usually by doing that, He'll make us look like a fool. <laughs> it don't look good. Revelation 22, 18. I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. Okay? Now again, we think about this. We must be very careful. Give it their normal meaning. People came to Jesus and Jesus said in John 6, He said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be a part of me. And it says in John 6, 6, 6, 6, 66, many turned away and no longer followed him because of the hard saying. Because they couldn't, what, differentiate between the Literal and figurative. They said, well, we can't be cannibals. No Savior would make us eat His own. They weren't using their brain. And Jesus did that, by the way, to purge out those people that were fakes and they were flakes. Okay, you can't understand that. The people that followed the Lord knew what He meant. Okay, let's continue. Thirdly then, beware of false teachers. Now, I have this in here because this is very, very important. The New Testament talks about this extensively. 2 Peter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. What do they do? They privily or privately or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon them swift destruction. Now, what's a damnable heresy? Here it is. Whatever will damn you to hell. How do we, what is the teaching of that? Well, adding works to salvation. Here's what's going to happen. Remember the Lord said it. Many, not few, many, a lot of people are going to come to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, it's me. Didn't we do many mighty works and miracles and things in your name? And Jesus looks at him and goes, depart from me. I never knew you. What do you mean? They were deceived. They followed false teachers that did what? They brought in damnable heresies. We don't have to follow that. Now, how do they get you to be deceived? They take this book and they close it. That's what every cult leader does. Every false teacher closes the book and says, I know what the Bible says, but God gave me a new revelation. You got to follow the new revelation that I had in the middle of the night. I had a dream. No, you just had an upset stomach. Okay? <laughs> Made you have a bad dream. It's you, right? Anyone that comes and says, I got a new revelation from God. You got to say, no, mm, mm, mm. Because you know nine times, well, not nine times, ten times out of ten, it will not match the scriptures. Okay, be very careful who you listen to on TV and who you watch. If they start to deviate from the Bible, now you have to know the Bible to see that. If they do, then you turn them off. Say, I want to know what God wants me. It all comes back to the Bible. Okay, and again, beware of false teachers. Letter A, they overthrew the faith of some. Now again, notice what he says in 2 Timothy 2, if you're still there. Verse 14, of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. 
What is that? It's a bunch of debate and arguing over nothing, but to the subverting of the hearers. And then he says again, our verse, study to show thyself approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He continues, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Did you catch that? These two people were teaching a damnable heresy. The resurrection is past already. <gasps> we're not saved. Oh, we're all going to hell. That's what they were teaching. That's a damnable heresy. They were false teachers. And Paul says, Timothy, you watch out for these people and you call them out and you make sure you teach the truth. They overthrow the faith of some. They make people to doubt and, and, and scare them half to death, literally. Okay, letter B, they twist the scriptures to fit their own ideas and false doctrine. We must beware of false teachers. 2 Peter 2, notice what he says. 2 Peter 2 and verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Hang on, is that America today? <laughs> yeah. The way of truth is evil spoken of. You go to church, you study the Bible. Ooh, no, I wouldn't do that. And through covetousness, they shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, their damnation slumbereth not. He goes on in 2 Peter 3, verse 16, and as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood. He's talking of Paul, which they that are unlearned and unstable, notice, rest. We've studied that before. That word means to twist, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, Seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your steadfastness. Now he's talking to saved people, the church. Can saved people of the church be led away, deceived? Absolutely. Why? They're listening to somebody who takes the script, scripture and begins to twist it. Okay, now, I know the Bible says this, but let's twist this a little bit. No. And they're following their pernicious ways, okay? They're deceitful people. That's what he's saying. They twist it. Okay, so we've got to be aware of it. Let me say then next, and fourthly, learn to continue in his word. Okay, let's go to John 8 here, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. John 8. But you can see how important it is, how very, very important it is that we know the Bible. How do I study the Bible? You must know the Scriptures. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Notice John 8, verse 31. <clears throat> he says, notice, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. Notice that. Very interesting. Indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It shall make you free. Now, people have twisted this verse, and you've heard it before. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. A lot of the civil rights movement used that verse. It'll set you free. It doesn't say set you free. It says make you free. <laughs> There's a difference. Okay, so notice... We must learn to continue. What does it mean to continue? Now, herein lies the key or the secret to delighting yourself in the Word and enjoying your Bible study. You must continue in His Word. And in doing so, you become a true disciple. What does it mean to continue in His Word? Notice, first of all, it is more than just assent, or accent to its truth. Now, meaning that by this meaning, we don't just use it in a way. Many believed His message and accepted Him. And also many were convinced uh, that what he said was true, but they weren't continuing in the Word. Okay, so there's a lot of people that followed Jesus and said, oh, of a truth you speak of the Lord, you're, you're of the truth. But they ended up betraying Him, didn't they? 
Letter B, it is more than just continuing to believe it is true. He did not say staying convinced would make you a disciple. He said that continuing in his word would truly make you a disciple. Okay, now notice the last page here. It is more than just staying in the word daily. Spending time in daily reading does not make disciples. Giving oneself to study does not make disciples. You can be convinced of the truth of God's word, give yourself to a detailed study of it, and still not be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can approach the Word of God with a mind to know truth, to satisfy an intellectual curiosity. This is what a lot of people do. You can give yourself to a study of the Word day after day until your mind is saturated with it and still not be a disciple of Jesus. So then letter D, notice it is continuing to be controlled daily by the Word of God. That's what it means. To continue in the Word means to be controlled by the Word. And oh, how I fail at that. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ when the Word that you have learned from Jesus Christ controls you in your daily conduct. You may fill your mind with the Word and the Word not penetrate down into your will so that your will, your actions, your speech, your thoughts are controlled by what the Word of God says. If there is a block between the mind and the will, you are not satisfying the requirements of continuing. So continuing in His Word is the same as abiding. He references that there again, John 15, 7. Abiding. Abiding means to draw life from something. Abiding is necessary to sustain life. It is possible for Christ to be in you and you not be abiding in Him, it is possible for the Word of God to be in you and you not continuing in His Word. Does the Word control you? And then two, continuing in His Word is living by His Word. A believer is abiding in Christ when Christ's Word is controlling his life. A believer is abiding in the Word when he is drawing from the Word that which controls his life, that which controls his thinking, that which controls his, controls his speech, it controls his actions, and that which determines his goals in life and his habits. When the Word of God controls every area, and phase of your life, you're continuing in the Word. Now, notice what he says again. If ye continue in my Word, you're my disciples indeed. He's clarifying again and really purging out the would-be fake followers. Okay? I said this before, but we're going to come to a point, I believe, possibly in our generation. I don't know. Maybe not. But in our generation where there's going to be a lot of persecution towards the church and towards God's people, and it's going to weed out a lot of fakes they're going to say, well, I guess it's not really worth it, right? And where the true believers stand will be the ones that continue in the Word. So does the Word of God control your every action, thought, life, everything? And he says when you do, you'll know the truth, and it'll make you free. Free from the bondage of your own thoughts, heart, right? Desires and habits, all those things always bind us, don't they? Keep us back from following and doing what we're supposed to do and enjoying the good life. Okay, lastly, I have 1 John 2, 28. Notice, and now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. How do we find, how, how are we found without shame? How are we found with boldness and confidence? It's when we've continued in the word. We said, Lord, your word has led me, guided me, helped me. When I hear the word, I read the word, I study it. I'm willing to do the word. A lot of people today know the word. Again, I've said before, but I've talked to many people, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Muslims, all of them, Catholics, others. And guess what? They know the Word. They know the Bible better than I do. You ever sat down and talked to some of these people? I mean, they know the Bible. Are they continuing in the Word, though? No. So we must be careful. We're living the Word. Okay, so how do we study the Bible? We must take it for what it is. It's at face value. Jesus didn't give us the Word and make some secret code. Now, the Bible is very, very unique in that I mean, you ever read a, there's a book put out many years ago called The Bible Codes. I mean, you can study the Bible until you are, your head is dizzy, uh, trying to figure out certain things. And boy, it'll go as deep as you want to go, by the way. 
but also it's at surface for some of even kids, others, to read it and understand it. Don't you love the Bible? I mean, you can go. We have people that are so intellectual. They've studied the Bible their entire lives, and they still haven't got to the end of it. All right? And I was talking to some of you and said, how are you doing in your Bible reading? Good, I'm doing good. I've read that a thousand times, and I read it again, and something new came to mind. Does it do that to you? That's what the Bible does. Okay, so we got to study the Bible. Take time to study it, not just read it, but actually apply it. And as he says, continue in the Word. That means let it control every part of you. And something hard for me, I'm learning lately, that when you think about, I would like to say that to the person, I'd like to do that, I'd like to let them know what I'm feeling, and do. And the Holy Spirit says, no, that wouldn't agree with what I've told you in the Word. And then you've got to kind of just, isn't it hard to do that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to follow the Bible instead of my own emotions and my own will, my own ways. Okay, so give attention to reading. Truly concentrate on the meaning of it. Don't read into it. Don't sensationalize it. And truly take it at face value. The literal, normal interpretation of the Bible. Again, all of this, that when he finds us, we'll be without shame, right? And we'll be found in peace. That's what he also says. Okay, kids, have you been reading your Bibles? You doing pretty good? They're doing pretty good. Okay, good job. Okay, adults, you do... <laughs> We're doing, don't ask me. Don't, okay. I, I have the microphone, so I say that, but don't ask me, okay? I'm doing, I'm trying my best, okay? Okay, I hope that helps, but just take that, again, I say this, take that home, study it for yourself. Look up some of those verses. There's, again, there are hundreds more verses that apply to each one of these points. I'd encourage you to study it for yourself as well. Do that. Again, we want to be approved unto God and not disapproved, as Paul says. Approved, how do we do that? We've got to follow his instructions to know what we're supposed to do, okay? All right. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this evening. As we've looked at tonight, the Word of God is so important, and yet for me, how often neglected. I thank you for your grace, but Lord, we pray you'd help us. You've not made your Word difficult or too high. You've given it to us, Lord. We can study it and know it. We can apply it. We can live it. We can continue in it, Lord. And then ultimately, Lord, when we stand before you at your coming, we can be full of boldness uh, and, Lord, approval, and we thank you. We pray for these on our list tonight. We prayed for Be with those that, again, couldn't be here tonight. Guide us as we continue in your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.